Another day, another late fall evening. I'm here together with Ozer Coach Demir and I'm about to start this child of a podcast that you and I have together. <laughs> it's growing, man. It is. Beautiful to watch its growth. They grow up so fast. Oh, they? man. All of a sudden, they graduate, and then they're gone. That's right. So we better enjoy it while it's lasting, right? I mean, one part of its growth is that we want to go to Kenya. That's part of the growth. And we want to go to Kenya because we believe that Kenyan football needs to get more attention, and especially in a time where they have leadership that says that they want to put in change. They want to put in more efforts in the development. And um, this is a country that has the financially backup for it. It's a rich country. It's vibrant. Yeah. It's colorful. And Nairobi is also a very rich community or city, you know. And they have the past couple of years prove that they can develop players, right? One big player is Victor Vanyama. And Victor Vanyama is playing for Tottenham Hotspurs. So looking into Kenya more and more, you kind of get a bit surprised by how come a country like Kenya is so far behind uh, countries like Nigeria or South Africa or, you know, even Egypt or Tunisia. Yeah, basically other African countries. Well, how come? So we have uh, decided to, we want to go to Kenya to talk to players, coaches and fans to really understand how it is and where they want to go and how are they going to do that as a fan of american soccer i can get behind a uh, a country whose national program is in need of change and of of development uh yeah. progress urgency for you Urgen- man yeah absolutely <laughs> <laughs> uh we've mentioned this kenya trip before and we'd like to say that it is steadily progressing isn't it yeah it um, is we have our kickstarter up currently kenya football unveiled which I think is an amazing name, which I'm pretty sure I came up with that amazing name. Um, (laughs) (laughs) We've had some backers already, and we would like to take just a quick moment to personally thank them so far. I mean, when we saw that they backed us, right? I mean, it was such a nice joy, you know? Friends that believes in us and what we do. And it was Taylor Ruby, we have Vincent Veer, Jay Riddle... Jonas Hoekvist and uh, uh, Lane Jr. Gerhard. Um, we want to thank all of them for helping us to pursue our dream, but also really to try to accomplish something within the podcast world, you know? Like, no one really has gone to a foreign country to cover in, in a documentary style in five episodes. I cannot come up with any, can you? <laughs> I, well, can you? I guess not. Is there any football podcast out there that done anything like it? I don't know. Maybe. I mean, we are growing, and it's it's not just in US. We know we have listeners from um, Sweden, England, 
Italy, India, Argentina, Brazil. I find it still um, amazing uh, that we have it, right? Yeah, amazing and almost weird or surreal once I see Italians commenting on a post that we've done. <laughs> yeah. About, well, it doesn't matter what, but uh, yeah. it's just weird to see. <laughs> I know, I know. And it, it's just, you know, we're growing together basically with our listeners. That's how I feel like, you know? Guys that listen to us from the beginning and people that kind of and people that tunes in in the middle right now we, we we're taking these steps baby steps together so and we are very thankful for their support and right now we're up in 485 dollars and the total amount is 2700 so you know we're asking family and friends and people that supports and wants this project to come alive we ask you please go to the kickstarter Please go to Kickstarter to Oscotch and King, and if you can pledge, if you can donate, if you can help us out, um, we would really appreciate that. And uh, we also want to say thank you so much for listening to our podcast right now. So are you guys ready for the Oscotch and King <laughs> Soccer <laughs> Podcast Show? Well done, well done, well done. <laughs> You don't know what I have done with this hand today. <laughs> <laughs> okay, you don't know where my mouth has been. <laughs> I don't. Uh, we've hit December, the end of the year, the calendar year. We're starting to hit the end of fall and winter is approaching. And this past weekend, you and I had our end of the season tournaments for the girls that we coach. Yeah. When you came home, like it was kind of a bittersweet feeling, like it's over. It's nice to be over, but it's kind of sad that it's over too. Yeah, definitely. I, I couldn't stop for the tournament specifically. I couldn't stop thinking about the tournament after after it's over. I oh, kept yeah? thinking about the players and the games and the experience. Not like that's the first time I've coached in a tournament, but uh, still, just that experience was just going around in my head. And then for the season as a whole, yeah, it's mm-hmm. over. Or this weekend we will have uh, our like end of the year party yeah. before everyone goes their separate ways essentially True. until until we start back up in February. I yeah, think. you're right. You're right. Uh, um, so, what's the experience you take with you after this tournament that you kind of want to build on at least keep for next season? A lot. I, I got a lot of good things yeah. for me. It, ultimately, the tournament was positive one yeah at least that's the feeling that i get afterwards Mm -hmm. some good performances and some players that really stepped up that i was really proud of that they stepped up in a way that i wasn't even expecting so when you say stepped up was it more like they took it a little bit more serious like a little more like there's there was this urgency on like um play better essentially uh yeah that although they're they're even players that they that that played well throughout the season. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they just continued to play well, but maybe just the, the attitude and just the way that they went about themselves, I think for this tournament was maybe a bit different and something that I, I now know I can, I can, and these players showed me something new to their game or to their demeanor that I can now look forward to going, going forward in the future. I mean, that's awesome, dude. That's really good. I mean, it's, it's so definitely something to build on. Just learn something new. I've seen that they've done well, which they have done throughout. Yeah. But I've learned something new about some of the players in a good way. 
you you learn something new about the players and you also know so much development that could be needed to you know what i mean so yeah, right. so you kind of see the strength and the weaknesses so our job is a little bit try to make the weaknesses less i feel like after this tournament that it gave us a good picture of what we really need to work on yeah i think you know? we, we and also, what our strengths are as well definitely yeah i agree with that as well and um i agree with that completely because and- there was so many games in row so you could tell like there was like some type of pattern there was it was a pattern i suppose but it was different from seeing as we were coaching two teams yeah we'd have one game and we you know we'd go about it one way for this team but then the next game would come when we go about it in a different way yeah uh and then back and forth like that so it was a nice conclusion for the season i think because it shows steady progression throughout the year and then it all came to all came to a head at this tournament um that makes sense. No, that makes sense, man. So I'm really, you know, I'm looking forward for the next season already. Mm-hmm. I'm also looking forward for the time off yeah. because you know, like um, we do have coaching Mondays, Tuesdays, Thursdays, and usually we have free games yeah. every weekend. So it's it's quite a lot. So yeah, my mind was still buzzing about the tournament. Couldn't get it out of my mind. But eventually, I guess I kind of tired myself out and I went to sleep uh, because it was a busy weekend. But on Twitter, throughout the newscape, mm-hmm. if that's even a word, yeah. I think it is. Uh, it is now. Now you created it. Yeah. Um, if it wasn't before. What did you observe? I observed a lot of talk from Atlanta United, MLS, um, now that... Diego Valeri, rightly, probably rightly named MLS MVP with like a 20 goal, 10 assist season. Only one of the players done that. But of course, I'm going to be extra, extra focused on Atlanta United news. And this one kid that Atlanta has been targeting for, mm-hmm. from what I noticed, the last couple of weeks or so, young 18 year old Argentine Ezequiel Barco plays for Independiente. We're getting closer and closer and closer to signing this kid. And let me tell you, I don't know if you've seen him, but this kid is, as you would like to say, a talent. <laughs> <laughs> He's something special. Yeah. He really is. I saw Independiente were in the Copa Sudamericana. Mm, look at you. <laughs> <laughs> it's the Europa League, pretty much. Uh, they were in the semifinals, second leg. Yeah. And uh, he scored a penalty early on. But there was this one moment late on in the game where this kid, an attacking attacking player, picked up the ball uh, right at the, on the edge of the box, of the opponent's box, and dribbled through four or five players before finding himself the space to to shoot just inches wide. I mean, you tweeted about that, didn't I did. you? I, did. I, I, I saw it happen, and I, that just blew me away. What did and, you write? I wrote this immediately after it happened because just because it, it blew me away. But 18-year-old Ezekiel Barco just dribbled like five players before shooting inches wide in his game for Independiente just now. Sign him, Atlanta United. <laughs> and they are reportedly, they're getting closer and closer to a pretty, they've got a hefty bid lined up for this youngster. And they're getting closer and closer to signing this. Really, he's a mercurial, mercurial talent. I'm interesting. That's kind of like what we kind of the picture I have of Atlanta United, you know, they want to bring in top talents from South America yeah. and really 
give them the platform to grow. You it's know? that Tata Martina effect. Tata mm. Martino effect mm. happening all over again. Uh, it's it's. I feel. You know what? You know what happened? What? I, I think you are a scout. Me? Natural scout. No. Come on. Atlanta United saw our tweet. No. <laughs> Let's be honest. I'll... I shouldn't say R. I'm sorry. They saw your tweet. Yeah, of course. Uh, and they were like, well, let's see what Oscar and King, who they're talking about. They looked it up <laughs> in the program they had. They saw some games. You know what? He's right. I'd love to say that you are correct if yeah. I didn't put that tweet out after it. I, I'd already seen that United were interested in Really? Ah, yeah, so. uh, I'm being honest. Oh, Honesty is the best policy. You're right. So it wasn't you. <laughs> <laughs> But he'd be a good signing if they, uh, especially since it seems like uh, Assad may not sign uh, permanently. Mm -hmm. So he'd be a perfect replacement, I think. Anyways, man, we got an email uh, that I want to share with you guys. I mean, I don't know really what to make of it. Well, I guess I know. (laughs) We got this email from Ron Morgan. And um, he wrote uh, that... um, Are you ready for this, Kerry? Go for it. Alright, I just want to tell you guys that uh, I really enjoy listening to your podcast. And I want to write about the Manchester United win over Arsenal this weekend. Hats off to Mourinho. He was amazing tactically. And uh, Arsenal played into his hands. All Man U players were excellent. The red card. I don't think it was a red card. The defender contributed by positioning his leg on the ground. I mean, it could be... Uh, it could be a yellow too. However, Koshini's foul on Lukaku, it should be a red card by rules. He's the last defender, and uh, if you look at the videos and pictures, shows that there were no defender on the same line. Um, this is my thoughts about the game, and thank you for doing great podcast. Hope you can mention it in the podcast. <laughs> Here we are, Ron Morgan. Here we are, and we're mentioning it. And uh, first, uh, <laughs> just thanks for the email. Yes, email us at uh, ozcotchandking at gmail dot com for any anything. In regards to the red card, I've I've seen other people with a similar belief, similar sentiments as Ron that Bellerin kind of had his he had like his leg on the ground. It was almost asking for it to be stepped on. Uh, <laughs> In fact, here from uh, ESPNFC, Stuart Robson, mm-hmm. former Arsenal player. Yeah. Uh, here are his thoughts on the red card. I'm surprised. So am I. Yeah. <laughs> so am I. Yeah. Uh, the challenge that Bellerin did, it wasn't like he didn't necessarily stand up and or even slide in or so. Like maybe, a, I guess, a traditional tackle. Yeah. But I see people making that tackle where he's kind of like leaning to the side and just looking to block it off with a trailing leg or so. I see people make those challenges all the time. Uh, I do it every now and then. So it's not it's not like uncommon. It's not right. like Bellerin did something completely crazy. And, and I agree with you. And something that I haven't seen in a long time, let's see if you agree with me, that is a nasty cleats up on the like almost on his knee yeah yeah you know what i mean that's like a nasty tackle i mean it's that doesn't matter if it's intentional or unintentional do you think that, it's intentional just out of curiosity 
Uh, I think well, like it was. It, Olivia. Olivia. Yeah. I don't. I don't think it's intentional. But mm, I don't think it matters. Yeah. It doesn't matter, right? No. But could it be so severe injury, like this? In- his entire foot, all the studs are right yeah. on the leg. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like since and with that kind of speed and force. Yeah. Since when is that like uh, not a red card? Like I said, I don't think it was intent. It was Pogba just playing hard, going for the ball. Like as you said, all of his studs were pretty yeah. much right on Bellerin's like that midpoint, that knee point, underside of his knee. Yeah. Um, but that was that was the worst of it. But then to add insult to injury, Pogba's left foot kind of came in and also got a little bit of his cleats in mm. um, on Bellerin. So I don't think it was intentional. I don't think Bellerin's challenge was that you know, crazy is mm-hmm. is a rather common challenge you see, and regardless, I don't think you can blame Bellerin for nearly having his legs snapped in half by Pogba. <laughs> <laughs> a red card. It's a red card every day. Card. <laughs> uh, and uh, and you know, a lot of people says also that it should be a red card to Kuchini. Um, I I'll, I'll let you talk about that just yeah. because I've been a ref in my younger so days. Have I. So have I, as yeah, an assistant but... mostly. But no, just because, <laughs> and people are going to think I'm completely biased here. But I just legitimately cannot remember what he's talking about. <laughs> I don't oh, remember. Yeah. I've heard a couple people say that Kashelny could have gotten I mean, a red. Do you too. remember? It was like uh, a long ball. A long ball came, and it was basically um, Lukaku took it and kind of going to dribble and he's like 50-50 between Lukaku and Koscinny almost at the midfield okay almost at the midfield and look and Koscinny basically just takes him down and people are saying that was a clear goal scoring goal scoring opportunity but that situation happened so far up on the pitch like it's not outside a penalty and it goes straight to the goal and or you, it's so hard to say that if Lukaku would somehow stay on his legs, right, hmm. that he would go and score that goal. The rule says uh, if it's a goal-scoring opportunity, you get a red card, okay? Mm-hmm. And that's like it has to be a goal-scoring opportunity. <laughs> yes. You know? Um, back in the days, they changed this rule, right? Back in the days, it used to be if you're alone with the keeper, if you fa- you know, if you go alone with the keeper, you see last. How far back was that? Do you know, like what could it be? 10, 15 years, maybe even more. Um, it was like last. If you if you last man. Yeah, if you're last man, pretty much. Pretty man, yeah, last man. But also, because because you'd also get uh like people doing handballs on the line exactly. to save a shot. That exactly. Also be... That's also a red card. Yeah. But it used to be like, if you're one-on-one with the keeper and someone takes you down, that's a red card. But they changed it since you don't know what's going to happen between that where he's at to all the way to come to a goal-scoring opportunity. It's, I mean, come on. It, it, anything in soccer could be a goal-scoring opportunity, right? But you cannot decide that from that moment it will be a goal scoring because what if he trips? What if, you know what I mean? Like, he doesn't have a shot on target. He doesn't really have a action that is going to lead to a shot. It's coming up to that opportunity. I suppose. You know what I mean? So, uh, um, and you can also see on the video that... Also, uh, 
you, you can also see on the video that Bellerin is coming with full, full speed. I was just about to say, I don't remember this. Yeah. I still don't remember this instance, but you know Bellerin will still have a chance exactly. <laughs> of getting exactly. back. He's coming with full speed, <laughs> yeah. and Lukaku is about to kind of come up in speed. Plus, the ball was not directly going to the goal, more to the, I guess, diagonal. Yeah, yeah, more. Yeah. But, you know... Um, That's a hell of a lot for a referee to take in, keep in mind, though. Yeah, but, I mean, he's he's thinking, like, okay, is this a good goal-scoring opportunity? Yes, no, he can't decide it because it's so much time between to come to that point. But, hey, I'm not the ref, right? Um, let's ask someone that knows. And I know after the game, they even asked Graham Paul about this question. So, let's hear what Graham Paul had to say. Um, about this situation. All right, so let's talk about the game. Oh Start my from the beginning. God, from the beginning. Man, how can we? Like, it's, it's, it was an amazing game. Yeah. It was the best game of the season. Of, of the, the season. Year. Of the maybe, year. Know, maybe of the year. Oh, my life. No. Like, <laughs> <laughs> it was a great game. It was. Um, I don't know from an Arsenal fan perspective. Mm-hmm. I'm going to try to remember this game for years and years just because even though we lost, yeah, it was such an amazing game. I don't it know was. if other fans will be the same. I don't know if other fans will, um, will look back in the history books and say, "Oh, remember that classic Arsenal United game at the Emirates in 2017?" Like they do with that FA Cup semi-final game or something like that. I mean, how I think just based on what I you said, I, I feel like I'm gonna remember it. The best game Arsenal ever played against United, but still lost. That's probably true you know i mean it it was such a um so hard to these mixed emotions you know i mean when you like you played great but you couldn't win like are you are you gonna be happy or you're gonna be sad disappointed that we didn't get the three points it would would be crucial yeah but they put in a good performance see i deal with these emotions all the time because i I've always been a part of teams where we lose, but I always say, oh, but we deserve to win, or we played really well, so I'm used to this. Yeah, yeah, I mean, but <laughs> This like, glorious defeat. I know a lot of fans are very hard and disappointed, you know? So, let's go to the game, man, like... Uh, Didn't start well for mm-mm. Arsenal. <laughs> well, it's like two or th- three minutes in, I think, that uh, Valencia put the ball in the back of the net and won the to United, but... Credit to Manchester United for, you know, putting on the pressure. But this is the only reason why I would feel upset about this game. The only negative for me was Koscielny does this cross-field pass to, I believe he's aiming for Kolasinac, with Valencia right there. And Valencia pretty much easily intercepts it. And again, Arsenal gives gives the ball away in their own half stupidly i mean it's also a pass that a long ball that goes from the right side to the left side like those those balls are like illegal almost they're dangerous you know if if you're under pressure they're dangerous they're beyond dangerous i sometimes see you sometimes see it happen like a switch of play if the other team is still defending in their own half or something right. like that, but but we always give up goals like this. And that's yeah. what's that's what upsets me is that we always give up these stupid goals where we just give it to United, just give it to them. That's those are the instances where you always hear people say, "Just boot the ball downfield, just get it, 
lose the ball somewhere over yeah. there where you're yeah. not under pressure. Exactly. Not that low, at right. least. Right. I mean, even Mustafi, man. Yeah. Like, he, he was in the game 11 minutes, and uh, Same during thing. during that time, he had 50% accuracy on his passes. You know, I mean, that's super low to be a defender. Is it For not? an Arsenal player, that's pretty low. Definitely an Arsenal player, too. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. And, you know, I... I, I I didn't understand what the heck was going through his mind. Like, going yeah, inwards, like... He went back into the pressure that... He, was it Was it Lukaku that was pressuring him? And Lingard. It was Lingard that pressured yeah. him. And uh, he went back into Lingard's pressure for whatever reason. For one, he had multiple opportunities to give the ball up, right? Yeah. He could have passed it forward to Shaka, or he could have passed it back to Czech. Um, I can't remember, but there might have been, like, Montreal or last snatch to the left of him. I can't remember... But he had multiple opportunities to give the ball up and pass it to a teammate. But he held on to it. As you say, he went back into Lingard. Mm-hmm. And once again, just like Koscielny, we lose the ball stupidly in our own half and uh, give up a goal. We were kind of brain dead to be giving up a goal like that. But credit to United for once they got the goal and for Valencia's as well. The execution... For, um, to the goal was excellent. Yeah, I excellent, mean, especially the second one. Yeah, I mean, so calm, technically high level. Martial is making that flick. Yeah, looks like I've never seen any flick I like that. Really. That flick like, was like that was the main attraction of the yeah, goal. Yeah, totally. Like so detailed. Right at last second, he makes that flick. When I watched this game, I realized like, oh wow, you know this this is going to be a great game. Why? Because Arsenal, for once, didn't stop playing, man. Like, for once, they were, like, really on it. They were on the offense. They had a high tempo on their passes. They, you know, dominated possession. After the game, it was uh, 75-25 possession to Arsenal. They were, like, chasing that goal almost like it was a final game of Champions League or something. You know, like, this game did matter so much years past it would have been easy for an arsenal team to just sort of crumble after that yeah Two goals i feel like within, it yeah within 15 minutes yeah we would have crumbled it would have just gotten worse exactly but this time it was like almost they didn't get the goal and they were like just going at it and for that mentality i want to praise arsenal players so much like they showed such a strength in the belief of the team that we can do it. And you could see that throughout the entire game. Yeah. And, you know, looking back at the Man City game, right, when Arsenal lost 2-1. I thought that was similar, personally. You, exactly. Yeah. I mean, you, you mentioned that, you know, Arsenal didn't play that bad. Mm. And Wenger also said that, I mean, if you, look at the, if you look at the game, we didn't play bad. It was individual mistakes that caused the... Uh, kind yeah. of our loss yeah, and, and uh, what happened this time exactly and if you also look at the Tottenham game we didn't do really any mistakes and we dominated that game and we got the win for it exactly yeah. so it's the past uh, five six games Arsenal have been playing in a good form like yeah. they have been playing and executing the games well if Arsenal would have won against United they would be one point behind United you know third, mm-hmm. third place in Premier League which mm-hmm. is you know up there where we want them to be, at least be in the conversation of try to get to Manchester City, right? But they lost. And uh, what was the main reason they lost? Oh, my God. <laughs> you know, I mean, they had chances. They did. A lot of chances. A lot of you chances. Had, you, the, the, yeah. I don't believe you had the amount of shots 
that Arsenal took you, it. It was crazy, man. Um, Arsenal had 33 shots and 16 on goal. My goodness. And United had only, <laughs> only eight shots, four on goal. But on those four on target, they scored three goals. Yeah, made them count. That's what United does. They made their they made their uh, chances count. Uh, whereas Arsenal, on the other hand, ran into a superhuman that is David de Gea in goal, who had a a a. I can't. There's no words really to describe the performance that de Gea had. Uh, I think it was like the best performance a keeper can have in one game. Okay, that's the way to describe it. I like to think of it actually as de Gea having the best game of his life and the next life after that and probably the next <laughs> life after that as well. He was unbeatable. Yeah. Unbeatable that day. And it wasn't just that he made like some great saves, but he made saves that you shouldn't expect any keeper to say, make multiple times. I mean, some people have said that, oh, you guys are giving him too much credit or no. like the Arsenal players should place the ball better on the side of him or something like that. But, I mean, seriously, though, like, uh, those saves he made were, like... He was stretched out for pretty much every save that he made. Right? He was. Yeah. That's not... That's not... That's that's testing a keeper. That's really testing a keeper to his limits if they're stretched full out like that. Um, I believe. I'm no keeper, but I'm, I'm... I mean... I'm happy now that I have a picture with De Gea. Do you? I do. Yeah. Life's you have a picture were... with everybody. No. I have a picture with you too, man. That's true. <laughs> I have a picture with everybody. <laughs> <laughs> uh, De Gea was the main reason I see in in the in Arsenal's chase to at least get a tie in this game. I mean, for for because of his performance, that's why I personally, other than the bad giveaways, which I am upset about, mm-hmm. other than that, that's why I can't be too. Yeah. upset yeah. with this loss because yeah. any other day mm-hmm. we would have scored six or seven. I, I agree, dude. Uh, I agree. We just ran into a really freak performance from David De Gea. I mean, Wenger even went for it. He oh had, my God. He had Alexis Sanchez, Welbeck, Lacassette, Giroud, and Ozil, and... Uh, even Alex Iwobi came on. <laughs> he was on track. Yeah, exactly, man. They went for it, dude, but... Sometimes in soccer, it happens. You play amazingly, but you still can't win. And it was one of those games that everyone will remember when Arsenal outplayed United, but they didn't win. All right, are you ready for the quiz, Kerry? All right. 2014's World World (laughs) Cup groups. Can you mention at least one? Oh, one. One. Well, the easy one would be the one with the U.S.'s group. Let but I won't do that because that's too easy. Uh, how about you? The U.S. was not in it, man. In 2014? Yeah. I'm just kidding. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Tell me a U.S. group. Some would say the group of death. I don't know if that's just us here in the U.S. saying that to make ourselves seem better. Mm-hmm. But I don't know for sure. But it was a really tough group. That's without doubt. Uh, so the U.S., Germany, Ghana, mm-hmm. and Portugal. Excellent. Easy. You get, you get That's too th- easy. That's too easy for you, man. Okay. Th- there was another group death in, yeah. in that World Cup. Arguably two. Yeah. 
I'll say both of them. How about that? All right. Uh, you got the Costa Rica group with Italy, Uruguay, and England. Mm-hmm. And uh, and then you also had uh, the group of uh, Spain. Okay, sure. Netherlands. Ch- Netherlands, yeah. Chile. Yeah. And Australia. Oh, I'm impressed, but, man. I'm impressed. New um, random one. Could, okay. Which group were Nigeria in? Okay. Okay. Group okay. F. Okay. Okay, this could be tough. Oh, okay, well, with Argentina. Yeah? Bosnia? Yeah? In an Asian country. Was it Iran or Iraq? Iran, I think. Yeah, yeah. man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we can't keep going, man. I feel like you're in a good flow. I mean, there was one more group that was really good. Um, What's that? Group A. So that would be Brazil. Oh, yeah. yeah, this group was good, too. Yeah. This group was good. Brazil with Mexico. Yeah. Croatia. Yes. Uh, and Cameroon. <laughs> and I remember that that once Alex Song in the game against Croatia uh, like punched Mandzukic in the back and got red carded for it. I don't know why. I don't. I didn't see what Mandzukic did, but accuracy. Another little close up look. There's that punch to the back from Song on Mandzukic, and you're just thinking. And Fink knows it. He's just going. What has my star player? done there was no reason for it no reason at all Casey Alex Song sees red crazy that a star player very important player goes goes and do something like that I mean yeah it was definitely a a moment that you remember Kerry um, like you do most of the groups <laughs> we are on good flow here so keep going man go back even further back even further back yeah like a previous World Cup yeah okay so why don't we go to World Cup 2002 that's one of my favorites mine too all right so um, um, if I give you a random group okay that makes it even harder Right? Yeah. Like a random group. I could probably tell you the uh, games, the scores for each of the games, too. Okay, so let's see if we can hit this one. Group H. Oh, group num- uh, letters. Okay, let's see. Would that be the one with Japan? Just tell me, is that the one with Japan? Or no, you don't have to say that. Yeah, for sure, that was the one with Japan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Japan, Russia... Uh, Russia, right? Yeah, Russia. Uh, oh, wow. Belgium. And who else was it? Japan, Russia, Belgium, um, and, and Africa. Like, Tunisia, was it? Yes! Ding, 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 ding. <laughs> <laughs> well done, man. Well done, well done. Well done. Um, that was tough. That was tough. Actually, I, I was struggling. No, I'm impressed, man. Awesome. Awesome. Okay, what about US? That's an easy one. Of course. Group of Death. I think. Was that no, the, it the was not death? Group of Death. No, the Group of Death was Argentina. No, that wasn't the one with Argentina, England, Sweden, and Nigeria. That's the Group of Death, man. Was that actually called the Group of Death? It yes, might have been. it was. It might have been. Yeah, yeah. it was. Uh, but the U.S. with a, another tough one with Portugal, who were highly rated. Rui Costa, Pauleta, Luis Figo, and also with... Nuno Co- Gomez. Nuno Gomez, good one. And also co-host South Korea... And with Poland, too. Yeah. Apparently, we're doing very good at that time, but I can't say much about them. also remember um, Turkey's group? 
yeah that was uh that was a cool group um with china who yeah. uh got swept with brazil champions mm-hmm. and with costa rica who i know costa rica and turkey finished level on points i believe but turkey edged them on goal difference i guess do you remember the playoffs too who did turkey play against before going into the world cup no it... oh in like the knockout rounds knockout rounds yeah yeah they played um let's see the first one i'll work backwards because that'll be easier i think uh brazil in the semifinal mm-hmm. and the third place game against south korea yeah the quarterfinal was oh, it's not easier they played um uh, they played senegal yeah that was the sem- that was the quarterfinal yeah so before then they played uh don't tell me no i'm not gonna tell you around 16 turkey against japan right no, no. yeah japan Japan, Japan. Is your final answer Japan? <laughs> my final answer? Yes. I lock in Japan. <laughs> okay. Japan is the answer. Oh, man. <laughs> I always knew I should have been on Who Wants to Be a Fuck. I always knew I should have been on Who Wants to Be a Millionaire. I knew it. Soccer, soccer, quiz. yeah, soccer, <laughs> soccer version. Uh, the group of death man, 2002 was Argentina, Nigeria, England, Sweden, and yeah, awesome. um, it was um, you know like no one really believed that Sweden could make it out. So when Sweden actually made it out, it was an amazing surprise. You Ahead know? of Argentina and Nigeria. Yes, and it was like this one moment that really made it real. <laughs> and uh, it was Anders Svensson free kick against Argentina. And, uh, you know, he steps up on that one and believes it that he would score. It's almost like when Beckham scored against Greece. So he just stepped up there. And he's not really the natural free kick taker you have Henrik Larsson you have really Larsson would take free kicks yeah no Larsson would take free kicks and you have other players that could take it but Anders Svensson went up there and um, that joy man Det är fullt 
fullständigt makalöst. 59 minuter, det är bara 30 minuter kvar. Just amazing joy, man. Just the amazing joy. We the World Cup. And, you know, I was young too, so it really gave me, pushed my love deeper, if that's possible, man. So I want to take this time with you and kind of go through the groups of this upcoming World Cup 2018 in Russia. Mm. And um, I know a lot of people are already talking, which I feel like kind of takes away the magic a little bit. But a lot of people are already talking about, like, this team can't make it through the group or they can't win World Cup and it's impossible for this team to go far. That's what you mean. You know, it's kind of like, uh, maybe I'm not used to it, you know? I didn't feel like that in the past 2014 or 10 or 2006. But now I'm kind of like, uh, please do not talk about which teams can make it far. Like they're saying Germany, Brazil... And even Belgium are teams that no one can beat. So, uh, well, uh, it's natural. You get it all every world, every tournament. Really, you're gonna get people right from the bat, even in league seasons, right? And that's even more difficult, in my opinion. Even more ridiculous ones we have. Uh, uh, like predictions for who's gonna win a league season. Yeah. Uh, it's so tough to tell who's gonna win before a ball's kicked. Uh, same with tournaments, but you know people always do it. It's fun. I'm going to ask you your predictions in about this anyway. So yeah, no, I know. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I know. Um, but no, I didn't. But I'm also going to keep in mind that Greece won the Euros. Yeah, you know? yeah that's, true. that's fair. <laughs> and Denmark won the Euros. That's fair. Absolutely. <laughs> so and I think it does, now that I think about it, it maybe does take away the magic a little bit about yeah. uh, Saudi, Arabia, Saudi Arabia is not going to do anything. But then once they actually do something, it feels so much better. <laughs> True. Right? It feels so much more yes. amazing. You're right. You're right. So Sweden is in the group F. And uh, I like that group, by the way. It's um, it's actually, again, group of death. Can you... Well, do you want to agree on that? Before that, let's just say that they're unlike past World Cups. Okay. Where as soon as the draw is made, right, you're always looking for where's the group of death. Yeah. This one, it's a bit tougher. It's a bit tougher. Maybe, I thought maybe the fact that, if I can say this, there's no USA, but definitely the fact that there's no Netherlands or Italy or Chile or, or like Ghana or Ivory Coast. Everyone, really... everyone forgets to mention Turkey when they say all these <laughs> names, you know? <laughs> I was just about to. Is that what, is that how low we have to I was come just down about to, man? I promise. No one mentions <laughs> Turkey, man. We should have a B World Cup or a second yeah. World Cup and look in this group and no one mentions Turkey, dude. <laughs> I'm getting so sad and upset right now. But um, without all these, all these big teams that didn't qualify, maybe yeah. that's a reason why it's a bit tougher to come up with the group of death. Some would disagree. I would say, if I had to pick a group of death, I would say, yeah, it's the group with Germany, Mexico, Sweden, and um, South Korea. Yeah. And... All solid teams, and of course Germany is, but uh, all teams, Sweden, uh, Mexico, they can, on their day, they can really take it and cause problems to Germany. Um, and South Korea is a team that's very technical, very very good and pretty on the ball. I feel like, even though it's a group of death, I still have a good feeling about it, you know? You think Sweden has a good chance? I mean, you I know... Do. I have as good a chance as anyone else. I we know Germany very well. Like, we played a lot against Germany. You mm -hmm. know, even in past Euros and World Cups or even in the qualifications, we know Germany well. And everybody knows Germany is one of the top teams. Right. You know, they... 
in the Confederations Cup, they had basically the youth team and they still destroyed other teams, right? Mexico is a team like always puts in good performance in World Cup. Once they kind of reach the um, second round, second round, not that great, yeah. you know, but they always do a really a nice football. And I, I mean, we were together when we watched the Sweden Italy game, and you could watch the friendly game between Belgium, Belgium and yeah, yeah Mexico and Belgium. Uh, and you know, free free game, so yeah. you know that Mexico has a good team. Um, South Korea, I don't know don't that know much about lot. them. Like I said, I just they really kicked on after 2002, didn't they? That's yeah. what's their popularity, yeah, sort of rose. relative popularity. Um, every time I've seen them play, them with like Japan are very, like I said, very technical to pass the ball a lot, very technically gifted. It's very, it's beautiful to watch them play. Um, they may not be like as cutthroat. But they have the ability to play good football. They do. But the reason why I think we should uh, particularly be uh, careful of South Korea is because Hyung Min's son oh my dude, God, man. has been tearing it up the last couple he's seasons been for Tottenham. Phenomenal, man. This season, mm. he's been. Especially last season. Okay, two seasons in a row. Yeah, he's exactly. Like delivering, exactly. <laughs> he's, he's, he's one of the most important players in, in Spurs together with Kane and Dele Alli. I think so. I think this World Cup, he could be a player to uh, really make a breakthrough. But what about Mexico, man? You know Mexico more than I know. Um, I f- you Honestly, you summed it up pretty well. Um, I mean, you think like players like Juan and Dosan and Chicharito and Carlos Vela, you, fi- you do you feel like they can... Uh, I mean, it's so through. much time left, yeah. but still, do you feel like they can have a good form coming into this World Cup? I mean, Chicharito, I haven't seen him do anything good he this season. for West Ham, no. Right? I mean, last year he played well for Liverpool and in the Champions oh, yeah. League and, yeah. every, you know, yeah. in the Cup, in the League, but I don't see that much from him. Carlos Vela is about to get a transfer to LAFC, LAFC and, you know... How would that affect his form coming yeah, into yeah, that? Johnny yeah. Dos Santos, he had a good start in his MLS career, but not so much at the end of it. Right, yeah, absolutely. So, and Sweden's absolutely. team is like uh, a very complete team and a team that everybody knows each other well and is a team that focuses on the collective rather than individual tactic. And they play really with their heart and believing in it. That's how they beat Italy over two rounds. Yeah. Tactically play right. I think that game, for one, like I said, don't count out South Korea. And we know Germany are most likely going through. Yes. But I do think odds odds are it's going to be Sweden and Mexico in direct competition with each other for to go into the the next the other spot with Germany. Yes. And I do. Then the game against Germany, Germany, will be the most important one. If you know, like Sweden gets a point against Germany. Sure, sure. That's assuming you assume Mexico and Sweden tie each other. Exactly. Yeah. But that game between Mexico and Sweden will be interesting because I think it will. It'll be kind of like the not. Uh, it'll be kind of like the the second leg between the Italy game with the Italy game, Sweden Italy, um, Mexico. Are very good on the ball. They're 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 technically gifted. They always have a lot of possession. Always on the attack. Yet, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but I'd say Sweden organized defensively, and they find that outlet to Forsberg, yep. and they break 
the other way. Um, so I feel like that kind of plays into both teams' hands. It'll be it'll be those sort of opposite styles against each other. I mean, we will be watching those games without any doubt, man. Um, what other games in this World Cup are you? Before sorry, before yes. we move on, just real quick, mm-hmm. do you think Ibrahimovic should or will come back? This is uh will be a never ending um, <laughs> discussion in Sweden, and uh, I think I feel like hope. Yeah, he will come back. Oh, okay. I mean, why people say that he will kind of disrupt the team feeling, mm-hmm, the team mm-hmm. spirit, um, but you know, a Ibrahimovic under. Janne Andersson, the coach, this team could be good, dude. Really good. I mean, we're talking about Ibrahimovic here. And to turn down a play like Ibrahimovic quality, at least to bring to the World Cup, have him in the locker room or in the area that's been to World Cups <laughs> before, yeah. is like no-brainer, you know? And what he's done to Swedish football... So you do, but you don't so you don't have any worries about disrupting the team. I don't okay. I don't I honestly don't. I have no idea what I, I think about it. I I think it's he's going to play by the rules of the coach and if Ibrahimovic wants to come back he is welcome. Either way you're right I feel like they would talk about it even after well after the World Cup's finished whether if Ibra comes and they talk about oh maybe the uh the sorry say Ibra joins the squad and they don't do well and then maybe people talk about oh he shouldn't have joined they should have just left it as they were for qualification or he joins and they do really well and then they'll be like oh sweet uh Ibra once again carries Sweden to really good heights glorious heights or he doesn't join and they do well and they think, oh, see, this is why we didn't need Ibra. This is why exactly. it's good to move on. Or he shows up and they, do, they, they don't do well. And they're like, oh, see, we shouldn't have brought, you know. But, I mean, that's what they've been saying, right? Yeah. I mean, we didn't have Ibra and we did well. Right. So if he fits into the tactics or if he can play according to the tactics, then he should be in it. All right. All right. Other so, game yeah. that I'm really looking forward to. In this World Cup will be Portugal Spain. Oh yeah, what's good about that one too is because it's the first game of the group. So exactly, they have to get it because that first game is so important. So you know they're going to be going at it. And it's because um, Portugal won the Euros. Uh, they pretty much have the same team, but I really want to see uh, Spain play against really good team for once. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it doesn't feel like they have been. Sh- they've been up to test or maybe they have but they've been performing really well so it feels like a game between Portugal and Spain in a World Cup this is what we live for these are the games that we don't cheer on any team but we want to watch the game there is a rivalry there just you know their neighbors the yep. culturals uh, the, the cultures that they have there's a rivalry between those two countries but thinking back it's not really a fixture that has happened that Often has it. It happened in the Euros, what, 2012? Yeah. It played in the, I think, a quarterfinal or semifinal, I forget. Um, when Ronaldo famously didn't take get a chance to take a penalty in the shootout. But even in friendly games, I also remember a friendly they took uh, several years ago. But 
whether it's tournament play or friendlies or qualifiers, they don't play each other at that often, not like how Spain and Italy have played quite often or how Germany and England have played quite often or Germany and France or something. England, France. Or, yeah, England, France, yeah. France, Italy. Uh, Portugal and Spain haven't played that often with each other, yet there is a rivalry there. So it's nice to see them play again at this sort of level. I agree. I agree. It's going to be exciting, man. What 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 game do you looking forward to? USA against Argentina. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> um, not a particular game, but Group E: Brazil, Switzerland, Costa Rica, Serbia. I think is that's probably that's my favorite group mm-hmm. out of them all. Um, it's another one kind of similar to to the Germany one, Group F, mm-hmm. um, or Brazil. Brazil are on are flying. This is the best Brazil I've uh, yeah. been in so long. So yeah. you have to think that they will top that group. Yeah. But those other three teams, in my opinion, are so even. They're such even teams. And they can make it tough for Brazil, even though I think they'll ultimately lose against them. But Switzerland, Costa Rica, Serbia, for me, they are all they are on are on the same level. And I'm interested to see the games between them and I as a fan of CONCACAF and just a fan of Costa Rica in general. Um I hope they do well, but mm-hmm. uh, I'm also curious to see Serbia. I'm also curious to see Panama. Yeah, me too. I don't know if it'll go well for them, but I'm curious to see them. Their first World Cup. First know. World Cup is always special, yeah. so it's always nice to see those. I don't think they'll enjoy it either way. Totally. And if I'm going to say a group other than a Group F with, with Sweden, I would say Group D. That Yeah, I think those are the two that are like... If there's a group of death, it's either F or D. D with uh, Argentina, Iceland, Croatia, and Nigeria. And I will hold on. I will cheer for Nigeria since I have worked with the Nigerian national team. I would like to them to succeed. And they recently played a game against Argentina and actually yeah, won. Yeah. So you never know with them. And Iceland have been oh, strong. And I really don't like Iceland, man. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, man. I don't really like Iceland. So, Croatia and Iceland Nigeria. are going to top that group ahead no, of Argentina. No, no, no. Oh, yeah. If they do... Uh, Iceland are getting the semifinals at least. Oof. <laughs> Man. So, let's let's do this quick um, last thing we do. Okay. We'll go through... Not necessarily go through each group, but who will get out of those two groups. Okay. Or, sorry, which two teams will get out of each group. And then I just want to hear your overall... People have been talking like top five favorites to win it, the okay. whole thing. But first, each group: Group A, Russia, Saudi Arabia, Egypt, Uruguay. Who's getting out? That's Egypt a, that's and a Uruguay. Ridiculously easy group for Russia. Yeah, you don't think they'll get out? You don't think Russia will get out? No, they are very, very bad. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I hate to say it, but I actually I probably agree with you. Egypt, okay. Uruguay. Group B: Portugal, Spain, Morocco, Iran. Portugal and Spain. Yeah, <laughs> I think that's. I don't to say. see Morocco have that much to come with, man. No, but I I like that because Can I like be that they're in team. No, but I like that they're in that group just because you have Portugal and Spain, and then Morocco is also it's just like right there. So I think that's pretty cool. Uh, those three countries. Uh, group C: France, Australia, Peru, Denmark. This is tricky, man. Um, I would go with France and. Uh, Peru. Ah, same here. Same here. Just because, like, it's very unusual for, like, Australia and Denmark to play against Peru. I feel like that playing style could be a little tricky for them. Good point. Um, Also, I think because uh, Denmark are so hit or miss, 
Yeah. I think if Ericsson is playing well, then Denmark plays well. But there are times when Ericsson can be can be marked out or have a quiet game. And most importantly, Peru getting out of South American qualifying, which is a bloodbath. So that's uh, Denmark needed to go through against a Group D: Argentina, yeah. Iceland, Croatia, Fine, Nigeria. You can just cut me off like that, I guess. I thought you were finished. Mostly, I was. I still have like another two more words to say, what were but say? that's okay. Uh, it was so slow. No, it's gone now. It's it was gone so now. Low, yeah. so I thought you were already done, man. It's gone now. Too late. Uh, for me, Group D: Argentina. This is tough. Argent. Oh, this is tough. This is tough. I know which two I would go. For. Go you first, then. Argentina and Nigeria. That's also what you want. <laughs> <laughs> I'll say Argentina because I feel like you have to say Argentina. Mm-hmm. But because they've been so poor during qualifying, mm-hmm. if they keep that up, they won't get out of this group. Wow. Um, and I think it will be... This is a toy cost. So I'll say Argentina because I have to. And then I'll say Iceland. Interesting. It could work. Yeah. Iceland got out ahead of Croatia in their qualifier group, didn't they? They did. So, yeah. They did. Group E, Brazil, Switzerland, Costa Rica, Serbia. Brazil and Switzerland. Really? Mm-hmm. Ooh. Why Switzerland? Can I ask you that real fast? I just feel like uh, Switzerland would play pretty good in the qualification and even the playoffs. Yeah, they did, actually. Um, yeah. Oh, the playoff. They played pretty that was against, that was such. Those were so boring games. Oh, my God. Against Northern Ireland. I, mean, I know. Uh, they did do well before then, though. For sure. Yeah. So, you know, if they... Okay, this is the reason, right? <laughs> uh, they have a good goalie. Is that Berkey? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, he is good. Yeah. They have a good goalie. And they have a good midfielder in Shaka and Shakiri. Mm-hmm. And, that's it. Um, you know, I feel like they but can... That be put, yeah, they can be enough. Yeah, that, they have a chance. I, I would like them to go through just because I like Shaka. Um, but mostly, I think it'll be Brazil... Uh, and Costa Rica, I think. But Serbia's right there. It'll be either Costa Rica or Serbia for me. But I'm going to say Costa Rica just because I like them. Come on, you Swiss. What about Group F? Um, uh, Germany. And uh, you first. Uh, it's tough. Be honest. I may be honest too, and you won't like it. I wish I had a coin to flip. I don't have those coin apps on my phone. I think it's, I I would it's do that. between. That. I think it's more between Sweden and Mexico. Absolutely. And um, I'd say Sweden. Sure. You know it's so close yeah. that you can go with your heart. Yeah. Uh, no, no. I go with the. I go with the quality of the players. I believe in this team. Okay. I believe in this team. I think even we can have a chance to come to the quarterfinals. Okay. I said it before, and I think I feel like this team can chance. do it. But well, you know, if Sweden uh, wins the World Cup, <laughs> no. If they get second, mm-hmm. then they will be coming up against Brazil in the second round. So if we win, we will play <laughs> against either Switzerland, Costa Rica. All right. Um, all right. I will say Germany and. Yeah, I'll just go with my heart just because I don't like Mexico. And I'll say Sweden will go through it as well. Good that you like Sweden more than South Korea. 
<laughs> I would love to go to South Korea though. Uh, group G: Belgium, Panama, Tunisia, England. Uh, I see Belgium and England go. For Which one is top? First place. Belgium will be okay. first. And you know, England. I don't know too much about Tunisia and Panama to be honest. I know nothing about Tunisia. You know, <laughs> I know a lot about England, and um, I I'm not really I haven't really decided. If this is a good team or not a good team, yeah, me neither. It feels like they can either be successful or not successful. You know, they have a very young, talented group and looks pretty much solid when they play. And if they can do something, this spark of magic where you know, Harry Kane with Sterling with you know. Deli Ali, Deli Ali, right? If if this Rashford, combo, he's the exactly one for me. Like, If this combo kind of works, then they have a very good team. But I haven't really got the indications of it yet. Mm. Uh, yeah, I see what you're saying. Like I, they are still a little bit unproven. Uh, they are young, but they are very excited or um, exciting. <laughs> yeah, I bet they are excited. Uh, they're very exciting and talented, and um, I. I think that they play with no fear. I, I look at Rashford, and I think, or Deli Alley, and I mm-hmm. think they play with no fear, but they still will have that English press, which will put a lot of pressure on them. Um, the only reason I agree is Belgium, England going through Belgium top, uh, on goal difference, or Belgium may beat England, uh, straight out, but, uh, the only reason why I would have any hope for Panama, yeah, to at least do anything, yeah, would be just because Panama, can bring in that rugged, incredibly annoying BS CONCACAF style that plagues the U.S. every qualifying and even Mexico sometimes that like they're, they can be dirty. Like they play with a lot of heart. Credit to Panama. And they have some decently skilled players, but they'll play physical. They'll do a little, a lot of little like cheap nibbling at you, cheap sort of cheap shots. Um, I feel so like, I feel, I feel like, like that can get no, under no, England's skin. no. no. But, uh, no, or a lot of the others. No. I feel like a team like Belgium and England will just put them in their pocket. Easy. I think Belgium could do that for sure. England will ultimately win, but Panama, I think, would make it tough for them. And last but not least, Group H. This is a pretty, yeah, this is man, a pretty even is, group. This is um, Poland, Senegal, Colombia, Japan. I would say Colombia because they always do good in their South America. Mm, yeah, yeah qualifications and whenever they play it feels like they have a very high level yeah um i'd agree with that senegal i'm happy to see senegal in the world cup by me the too, way so my first time since 2002 yeah so well and so it's it's nice to see them there um uh, but i will go with poland mm-hmm. robert Lewandowski can't can't deny him Mm-mm. so japan for me same same the same as south korea very good on the ball very good technically um but they may just lack that sort of uh, cutting, cutthroat uh, decisiveness. Um, and I don't think they have anyone quite like Hyomin's son right now. Mm-mm. So for me, Colombia uh, probably fit tops the group. And then it's between, well, not necessarily, but then it's between Poland and Senegal. And wait, I mean, wait, Senegal wait, wait, are wait, good. Wait, 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 wait. What is your answer? Senegal are a good team, right? I mean, 
this is like there's no Ivory Coast, but I feel like when we've always thought of Ivory Coast coming out of Africa being an African country that honestly stacked with stars. Uh, this Senegal team aren't too far off with uh, Idrissa Gay at Everton, of course Sadio Mane. Uh, there's another one, Koulibaly at Napoli, uh, uh, Koyate at West Ham. This is a a strong African team, about as strong an African team that you could hope for. Okay, what is your answer? Are you rushing me? Yeah, the time is ticking. <laughs> yeah, man. you're right. Um, Senegal, ahead of Poland, ahead of Robert Lewandowski. No, no, Colombia no, no. and Senegal. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, regardless, man, we know that as soon as the end of the season arrives, the magic of the World Cup will come. And All right. It will be in a country like Russia, so that's also going to bring a lot of conversation about. All Russia right. overall. Because I did say it at the start. Yes. You have, I'll give you 20 seconds max to tame your top five teams that will win it, have a chance to win it. Uh, I think top five. Yeah. Brazil, Belgium, Spain. I mean, you have your obvious ones. I, I could fill out the rest for you. <laughs> Brazil, Spain, Belgium. Germany and Argentina. Okay, you do think Argentina will do it and Belgium. For me, Brazil, Spain, Germany, France, Belgium ahead of Argentina. France is, um, yeah. France is one good one. Yeah. Can I change Argentina for France? You can do that, yeah. Damn, that's the same team. as me. Well, that's, that's the truth. I, so I forgot right. to say Sweden too. Oh, no, 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 no. Favorites for World Cup last place. <laughs> <laughs> Under Svensson scored that freaky call and uh, he got the question about um, his memories from 2002 so we want to share that with you guys but before we do it we really want to say thank you to Ron Morgan for sending us an email about his thoughts from the Arsenal United game and um, yeah it was nice to build up a episode based on what he wrote to us yeah yeah like I said Email us, Twitter us, email at ozcotchandking at gmail.com. Twitter us, uh, Facebook us. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> like us on Instagram. Yeah, there you go. That's Instagram us. Uh, <laughs> uh, thanks again also to those that um, contributed so far on Kickstarter. Let's keep it up. We'll make it happen. And thank you for listening to... The Oz Cotchin King Soccer Podcast Show! <laughs> My first World Cup was in Japan 2002, and uh, I have a lot of great memories from that time. Uh, one of my best memories was probably when we came to the hotel, having been sleeping for, uh, I don't know, about 30 hours or something, sharing a room with Marcus Albeck, and uh, he. Uh, took a sleeping pill trying to get into the right rhythm and uh, passed out in the toilet and I had to carry him to the bed. And after that we went, up, went, went on uh, having a pretty good start of the tournament, getting a draw against England and uh, ending up winning what was supposed to be called the Group of Death. The highlight of that tournament for me personally and probably my whole career is uh, 
playing in the uh, last group game against Argentina, knowing that we needed uh, a draw to go through. And uh, we were absolutely outplayed for about an hour when we got a free kick. Uh, Henrik Larsson, who's taken two or three before, before me in the game, he asked me if I felt up for taking it. And I said, yeah, yeah, I would love to. And he said, okay, you get it. And, uh, and I scored and it's to, um, ended up uh, helping us uh, win the group. So it's just a fantastic uh, moment for me and the whole team and uh, something I will always remember.